All right, welcome back. We got more here with Wolfgang as we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. Jimmy B and TC, Trent Conn and Wolfgang here this segment. So we were talking about the all-sports standings a little bit earlier when we were talking Wolfgang. Now we're going to talk about something that really matters. That doesn't matter to me. This matters to me. It's one of my favorite exercises to do during the summertime, figuring out minutes for Iowa State, for Iowa, on the hardwood. You have 200 minutes to play with each and every time. Wolfgang, you like to do it, not when we're starting up basketball and when we're talking non-conference and Savannah State's coming to town. You care about how the minutes are going to be divvied up come Big 12, Big 10 play. You want to start with Iowa State, and then we'll get into the Hawkeyes. You want to start right there? Yeah, I think so. I love the way you put that. I'm glad you remember that because I think we do – we do that a little bit bogus, I think, with uh, you know players. You know the minutes all season. Who cares? Let's get to the good games. Let's get to the you know like the minutes that matter. Mm. So yeah, Big Ten, Big Twelve play. Who's going to play what minutes, and who's actually going to give a damn? Because the rest of the season doesn't matter, and it's it throws us, it skews us off. And I've seen it happen with Hawkeye Nation. I've skewed John Miller. It's good. It skews us. And I finally said that one day. I'm like. Why are we doing this? Who cares what happens against, you know, the worst teams of the worst? As you know, we schedule. Mm-hmm. Did you know that, Trent? We yes. schedule some bad teams. Did you, were you aware of that? I, I've talked about it maybe a time or two. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Let's try to get my iPad on, buddy. All right. Well, go right ahead. at the top, Lindell Wigington for Iowa State. He played 33 minutes a game last year. So, Wigington, you got to figure, going to be in the same area. They're going to be a little deeper this year. Certainly, Iowa State, by the end of the season, I mean, they were they were running out there, and they just had five, six guys that were even available to play. But you got to figure he's going to be sharing the point guard duties with Wyler Babb. He's going to be playing off the ball. He's going to play, be playing on the ball. I'm going to keep it right in that same area. I'm going to go 32 minutes a game for Wigington to start things out. Where are you? Okay, and again, he's... Only the games that matter. Yes, big, big so twelve when play. People yep. come back at us, Trent, and go, <laughs> "You thought he was going to?" I mean, he's not going to play thirty-two minutes against the you know suckers at the beginning of the year. He's not going to do that. So thirty-two, I think that would be a good. I would agree with that. Yes, let's go with that. All right, Nick Weiler, Bab. He's going to be out there a ton this year. Healthy. You would anticipate. Now, last year, he played 36 minutes a game in, in the games that he played. I expect that number to go down a little bit. Again, I mentioned the depth. I'll also go 32 minutes for Weiler Bab. Don't want 36. That's too much. I, I truly think that's too much. I mean, some games, there might be a point where you actually have to play that for him. I get that. Totally get that. Win the game. There's other times where you have to, like, be patient as a coach, patient as a player, and go, sometimes when I'm off the court, is as good as when I'm on the court. So let's go with, I would agree with that. Let's go the same. So we're 32-32 for both of those guys. We've already used 64 of our 200 allotted minutes. Cam Lard had a huge season. He is uh, going through. I like him. Do you like him? Oh, yeah, big time. Now he's had some problems. He's going through with life skills training right now. Not sure if he's finished up with that. A season ago, he played 26 and a half minutes a game. I think there's a lot more depth. I'm going to just go with 25 here, and you're going to see why in a um, No, I put him at the same or a little more. I like that dude, man. Okay, where are you going? Now, we're, I mean, we're in the same ballpark. So, I, Yes, I agree. We're in the same ballpark. I'd say a little more because I, I like him, man. What do you say, 28, 30? 
What's I'd go 28. Yeah, I'd go 28. 28. I really want the, my exact opinion. All right, another guy back that started a lot last season, Solomon Young. Had his knee cleaned up. He's ready to go. Going into his junior campaign, he averaged 27 minutes a game last year. Again, because of depth, I think that's going to be down. I'm going to put him at 23 minutes a game. 23, yeah, you're going to have to go down. Yep, let's go 23. You're in the same boat. All right, now we get into the transfers. Mariel Shayok will be a senior this year from Virginia. He is. I What's think, your opinion on him? I've read some stuff on him. What's your opinion? I, I really like him. I think he is going to score. He played at Virginia. You know he can play a little bit of defense. I think he's one of those guys that's going to be out there a ton this year at the small forward position. You go small ball, maybe even play him at, at four at times. But I think you're going to see him out there a whole lot this year. I'm going 30 minutes a game for Mariel Shea. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now, why more than the other guys? Why? Because he's a senior, because you, you believe his defense is going to be, he's going to teach the other guys what defense is all about. Or what are you saying? Why 30 for him and, and like, Lard or whoever else left? Because he's a small forward, and he has more flexibility than those guys. Really, I think you're going to see a three-headed monster inside with Solomon Young, with Lard, and Jacobson. Two of those guys a lot of times playing together, but kind of rotating through the two position groups together. That's why I think you're going to see that. So I'm at 30 minutes for Shayok because he's a small forward. All right, let's go with that. And I can't wait to see what you're saying on Jacobson. I'm very interested. I have no idea where you're going with him on that. Well, and this, this is where you start to run into trouble because let's go through here. we got 94. <laughs> run we out of have... Unless we're going into eight overtimes. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's what we're going to do. 109 plus 20. We're at 132 minutes already. We haven't added. We're rooting for eight overtime games. This is weird. We haven't. Oh, I'm right. We're rooting for that trend. This is weird. We haven't added in any of the freshmen. We haven't put in Zaron Talley. We haven't talked about Michael Jacobson. We haven't talked about Terrence Lewis. I mean, we still haven't talked about those guys, and we were getting close to the end of our minutes. And let's say Michael Jacobson, let's put him down for an even 20. Put him down for an even 20. Do you think a little more, even a little less? 20? Um, I like that. I was actually going to go with that. Um, I but I don't know Prohm's philosophy. I don't know if he says, you know, this whole playing 11 guys is ridiculous. This whole playing 10 guys is ridiculous. I want to keep people happy, but I don't know him. I've never spoken to him. I'm not going to pretend like I know. Do you know him? What does he want to do with Jacobson? Well, I, I think you're going to see Michael Jacobson shoot the ball a whole lot more than he ever did at Nebraska. I know that's something that he has worked on a lot during this redshirt year. You know what a good rebounder is he is. He saw that in the Big Ten at Nebraska before. The guy can board. He can play defense. And now I think you're going to see more offensively from him, too. Jacobson, in fact, I, I might even inverse. I, I had Solomon Young for 23 and Jacobson at 20. I might go the opposite way. I really like Michael Jacobson. I think he's going to I would say more than 20, but... The only reason I agree with you is, like, I'm scared. We're running out of minutes. We are. Yeah, so and that's what... I, I agree with you. Let's... All right, let's do this. Let's figure this out. Let's do homework. I'll, I will kind of side on your side for now, and then I'll come back at you a different way. Yeah, Jacobson deserves more than 20 minutes, I think. I can't believe he's only going to get 20. Can you? In the games that matter? Right. So, you agree? It, it feels on the light side. It does. It does. I agree with you. I think you brought it up first. So... Yeah, so Jacobson, man, I we're going to run out of players, but 
this is how we want it, or are we predicting what Chrome is going to do? What are we doing? Who knows? We're just having fun <laughs> in the summer. So either way, we'll, we'll, we'll make it how it is. Now I know why you radio guys always are right, because, well, if Chrome, well, oh, no, actually we're doing how Chrome is going to do it. I don't know. How I would do it is less players. Sorry, that's how I agree with, with basketball. I don't agree with playing too many players like Fran does, and I like Fran again, but I don't, I don't, I don't think guys can get in the flow of things, Trent, with that kind of minutes and those kind of minutes playing so many guys and not knowing if you're going to get substituted in that quickly. So I don't know, Prom. You tell me. Been to a number of games, watched a ton of games. What's his hardcore of hardcore analysis on the guys that, that he plays? How many does he play? I don't know. Well, and he's never had a team, at least at Iowa State, that has this much depth to it. We haven't even talked about the freshman, Talon Horton Tucker, who continues to turn heads. Chicago? Chicago kid, six foot four, long arms, great defender. He saw, you know, his uh, his wingspan at seven foot one as a six four guy. Long arms, incredibly talented, super athletic. A lot of people believe he's going to be a starter this year. The problem, Wolfgang, is we haven't a lot of ministers around Tally. Horton Tucker, if you give him even 25 minutes a game, we're coming right up to the end. And we haven't talked about Zion Griffin. We haven't talked about George Conant. We haven't talked about the other freshman, Tyrese Halliburton. What this shows is how difficult this is, and I think certainly the most difficult job in terms of divvying up minutes that Prome has had at Iowa State. No, and the, the, the new guys, it's so hard to do unless you're like an expert. You're talking to his coaches and finding out, I mean, there's different guys, and you can talk to all the different guys, and there are some guys that can come in play with anyway. There are some guys that come in at, you know, they're rookies or they're true freshmen, and you go, well, he's a true shooter, and he comes and he completely misses everything, Tramp, the entire season. It's like, really? This guy's a true shooter? It's weird. Shooting's weird. All this is weird. All these true freshmen are coming in here, Trent, and they're looking at, oh, I got new friends, I got new family, I got new coaches, I got new place to live, new places to find out how to do my laundry and this and that. It's weird. Some people don't handle it well. doesn't mean they're bad people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know on the true freshman, Trent. You tell me. I have no clue. But you're telling me Iowa State is that deep. You're pumping me up about Iowa State. Are they going to make the tournament? It sounds like you say yes. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's – I'm very surprised that they have not been on more – preseason top 25 uh, projections, you know, NCAA tournament. I know it's early, and, and when a team finishes as poorly as they did last year, you know, the national media is not going to give them a whole lot of credit. I get that, but I look at this roster. I look at the success that they've had over the last few years under Prone before last season. I really think they're going to be good. I, I, I would mark them right now certainly top half of the Big 12, and I think even higher than that. I, I think this is a team that's going to be in the top three this season. I love this roster. I love what they can do. I think they're going to be really good. And and Wolfgang, this is back right after it was announced that Wigington was coming back to Iowa State and Cook was coming back to Iowa. I posed a question like this, and I was shocked by the results. I put it up on Twitter. I quizzed Jimmy B. Don't tell me me the answer. I want to answer. The question that I had, what's more likely to happen this year? Iowa State makes the Sweet 16 or Iowa makes the NCAA tournament? What's more likely? Oh, man. Let me see. Iowa State, Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Iowa makes the tournament. I'm guessing most people said Iowa makes the tournament. I'm guessing. 
Um, what would I say? Man, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I think that's a great question. So you think it's an obvious answer is what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm... So I can tell by you're saying Iowa State Sweet 16 versus Iowa sneaking in. Um, you know what? probably agree with you. I do. Yeah. I, I, I think it's easy, but Jim disagreed. Ken disagreed. I would, say, I would say it's not easy. I would not say it's easy. No. Sweet 16 is not. That's not easy to do. But then you, you've been following Iowa State harder and closer. I can't watch, watch these freshmen. We barely brought off the freshmen. We're just bringing up the former guys and all this stuff. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And Iowa's got talent. We're going to see if Connor brings it in. We're going to see if Bohannon can expand his game. We're going to see if all the guys said that we're supposedly going to the NBA trend, wink, wink, mm-hmm. with Moss and with uh, Cook, etc. are they going to play defense? You can improve. People can actually improve in life. They can be better people. They can be more athletic by working out. They can be stronger by working out. They can get a better, you know, gas gauge by working out. People can improve. Do most people? No. Kind of they give up or whatever. But most most people can if they decide to. So it's going to be great. Cook wants to get better, Trent. He got to talk to all these people. It's going to be cool. Does he take the arrogant route and go, well, i got to shoot threes in order to make the NBA? Does Cook do the same? I don't know. So I think it's more of a question than you think it is. You may end up being totally right, and we're going to be laughing about this. You know what I mean? Right. We'll see. We, we'll see. I don't know, Trent. Sweet 16 is not easy. That is hard. It's not easy. It's easier, though, if you're a top four or five seed in the tournament, and that's where I anticipate Iowa State's going to be this year. I think they'll be a top 25 team, and with it, a lot easier path to okay, win two I... games and get there. Plus, you got to get there, and, and that's step one. I just don't. I it's difficult for me to envision Iowa being an NCAA tournament team. Okay, so you said just NCAA tournament team for Iowa or winning again? Nope, just that Iowa makes the NCAA tournament or oh, Iowa State makes. makes the Sweet Sixteen. Oh man, dude, you are negative on Iowa right now. Not negative. Telling what I see. You know what? I would take the opposite. I'm. I'm yeah, I think there's a better chance. We're both going to be wrong. You know that, right? Yeah, neither is going to happen. That, <laughs> so yeah. that's what's going to be fun. We'll just totally talk about this forever, how wrong you were, how wrong I was. We're both going to be wrong. But the better chance is just sneaking in. Sneaking in. I think. In. Okay. Give me a second. I will change my opinion. You know that. Let me do some homework on Iowa State. More homework. Okay. Let me do some more homework on Iowa. If you're asking me off the cuff, I'd take Iowa sneaking in. Sneaking into the NCAA tournament versus Iowa State actually winning two games in the tournament. Okay? I would right now say that. That's going to my head. But give me a chance. You know I like to be right. I will do some more homework on Iowa State, and I will find out how I was looking uh, in the summer. All right. I'm going to add up what I have here for Iowa State. So we had Wington at 32, <laughs> Wyler Babb at 32, Shayak at 30, Lard at 25, Jacobson at 20, Young at 23. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, I put down for 24. 10 minutes for Zeron Talley. That leaves four minutes. I got four minutes for Zion Griffin, Tyrese Halliburton, George Condit. I got four <laughs> minutes left to play with for those three guys. Yeah, I, I got some more work pathetic. to do. Okay. No, but, but that's how this is. And, and for Cyclone fans that are listening right now, oh, Wigginton, he'll play 38 minutes a game. It's a little while or better. Okay, do that. But put it down on paper. It's a it's a fun summer yeah. exercise. I'm telling you, we're doing it here. 
when you get home, when you got crack open your first bush light of the night, do that. Get out the pen and paper, sit on the deck, have a cold one in your hand, and try to figure out how you're differing up 200 minutes because it's difficult. That's what this exercise shows, how difficult this is when you have a lot of pieces. And I love bashing coaches because I think they're arrogant, smug, jagoffs. I do. Most of them are. They think they know everything. No, actually, you don't know everything. Because I watched basketball since I was freaking sick, and I watched what you do in crucial situations, and you're dumb. You're stupid. Not all of them. Some of them. A lot of them. Okay? So I get mad at that. But this is the thing that brings it back to you and I, Trent, that aren't coaches. So I go, I have to keep an open mind here and look at this and go, and we're sitting here doing this 200-minute stuff, and we're, we are struggling, dude. We are struggling. We're not doing like the ugliest of the ugly games against teams that don't matter. We're doing Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, you know, stuff like that. Teams we're playing, that should be easier, Trenton. We're struggling, dude. I appreciate that. You you know we're struggling with that. We are. Well, good news <laughs> for you, Wolfgang. We're running short on time. So you get a rest. You get the weekend to do it for the Hawkeyes. I know you yeah, want to I take a little that. bit more time. I'll be nice to you today. I'm not going to put you on the spot, but figure this thing out. With the roster that's returning this year, you add in Joe Wieskamp. And uh, how about this story yesterday that uh, that it was Jordan Bohan and Relay? I know a bunch of the beat guys over there had a chance to talk with the players. And uh, Jordan Bohannon mentioned one of their first kind of open scrimmages that they had this summer. Wieskamp dunked over Tyler Cook. And it kind of lit everybody up and said, this kid's for real. I, I think... It's very exciting. Talked with Pat Hardy yesterday on the program. He brought that up. Rob Howes talked about it. Tom Caker, John Miller. You, you hear these guys. Wieskamp, to me, I, I'm, I'm struggling to see where he fits in, what they do, if it's going to be a lot more three-guard lineup. I hope that's the case, but that means that somebody's minutes are going to go down. Last that's, year, okay. Nicholas Bear averaged 21.5 per game. Does that number dwindle down to more like 16, 17? Very well could. Now, the thing about Nick Bear, and, and I think that might even be perfect for him, is you saw when he plays too many minutes because he works so hard out there, he regresses. He didn't shoot the ball last year. He had the hand injury, all those things. But if you know, go out there, absolutely bust it, give us the best 17 minutes a game you can. I think Nicholas Bear can do that. He can be that kind of guy for you. Because there are limitations to his game. As fun as it is, and seeing this walk on do great things, there are limitations in his game. At that point, maybe it's better. Cordell Pemsel, do you see any pictures of him? He is skinny. <laughs> it's skinny. Talk dirty to me. Talk dirty to me, please. Cordell Pemsel is skinny. He's been working on the mid-range jumper. I love the edge that he plays with. Little tough guy attitude. I like that. I would needs more of that. I, I, reading some of the things yesterday, I started to get, even though I don't think they're an NCAA tournament team, Wolfgang, I started to get a little bit excited. Without the PTL, you take every nugget that you can. You're totally, I mean, contradict yourself. I love it. That was cool. <laughs> you totally contradict yourself. I can be totally excited funny. and still not think they're going to be an NCAA tournament team, can't I? <laughs> you were like, let me tell you how sexual, sexy Pemsel was. <laughs> like, talk dirty to me. I mean, no, this is going to be fun. I can't wait to do this. You gave me a little homework, and I'm going to come out. It's easy for us to crack coaches, crack Licklider, crack Albert, crack Fran, crack, you know, Prone, crack Hoiberg. Nope. How about we throw some bleep down right now for the Iowa lineup on Monday? Let's do it. 
We will do that. Wolfgang, you got any plans? Are you heading up to the lake? Are you hanging at home this weekend? What's on the agenda? Yeah, I do a whole bunch of pool stuff. Ooh. So it's going to be fun to hang out and, and teach him how to swim and all this good stuff. And, and yeah, it's going to be fun. And maybe uh, do some steaks, burgers. Mm-hmm. We're going to make the greatest burger ever. I was online doing some of that YouTube stuff. I don't know. I can't cook, so I'm, like, trying to learn how to cook. It's fun. And so we're going to make our the greatest homemade burger in the history of the planet. It's kind of fun to do. I don't know if you ever – you cook, Trent? I don't know that about you. Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, I guess my invite got lost in the mail. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure out how to actually make something where people would come over before I actually do it. Oh. Because you wouldn't want it right now. That's I'm the excuse. You, I make some decent stuff here and there. Okay. I mean, I'm pretty good at this. All right. All right. Well, you, you get that thing figured out. I'm still waiting for that invite, okay? You got it. You will get it, I promise. All right. Get out of here, you goofball. Have a good weekend. Oh, thanks, Trent. See you, buddy. That's Wolfgang checking in with us. Wolfgang Hawkeye on Twitter is where you can find him. It's fun exercise, folks. Like I said, go through your favorite team, whatever it may be. Panther fans, you can do the same. A.J. Green, think he's going to play 35 minutes a game his freshman season? Go in and figure out how those minutes are going to be divvied up. You know, that's another one. I think that's going to be difficult this season, how you put those minutes together. Because with you and I, with what they have returning in the backcourt, how much small ball are they going to be able to play? I think that's something that you have to dig into. Maybe we'll do that also this summer. Hey, there's always time for that during the summertime. But we are inching closer and closer to football and basketball season, which is good, good news. We're taking a break. Coming back on the other side with more with you here until 6 o'clock this evening. Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Time for another edition of the Hawkeye Swarm on 1700 KBGG. Myself, Trent Condon, joined as always by Dr. Stephen Fuller. And uh, while we've done a lot of football here throughout the summer, Doc, it's time to get into a little bit of hoops and well, I know hoops is a big deal for you, and for me, college basketball is my favorite sport. We haven't talked enough basketball. Let's let's start to change that here the rest of the summer. That'd be all right. Uh, I mean, uh, we're having a little withdrawal without the prime time league, yes. and, and uh, I sure miss that Randy Larson. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I get the reason why, but uh, you know, we're we're going to talk uh, Hawkeye basketball, the eighty six eighty seven year, and that was. Uh, Dr. Tom's first year uh, as a Hawkeye. So help me out here because I uh, went back and read some articles. Now, I I don't even, I was seven years old at the time, so I don't remember him being hired. You look at his record. It wasn't great at Stanford. It was okay at Boston College, Washington. You go through, it's not a sterling record. And when George Raveling leaves and Dr. Tom Davis is hired, do you remember what the reaction was, at least initially? We know as the season went on and they got up to number one, it was great. But I'm, I'm talking right when he was hired, what were people's thoughts on Dr. Tom? There wasn't a whole lot of buzz uh, with Dr. Tom, but uh, you know, when George Raveling uh, left and uh, we felt you know, that pretty soon we're going to have so much talent out there that no matter how George tried to um, shift the lineup, we were going to start winning. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think it was like three, maybe four years ago, I had a chance to sit down and talk to uh, George Raveling, uh-huh. and uh, he he you know confided in me that uh, the worst thing he ever did was leave the University of Iowa. 
Yeah. And, you know, he went on, what, to USC mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and, and that. And now he's working with Nike. And, but he says that was the worst mistake he ever made was leaving the University of Iowa and Iowa City. He had a team that could have won a national championship. And this season looked like he was heading down that path. I was still on the heels of the success under Lute Olson, the Final Four of 1980, the regular season title of 1979. Iowa basketball was a big deal nationally. It wasn't just here. It was nationally known. And you couple that with the advent of the Hawkeye Basketball Network across the state, where it was syndicated in all corners. This is how I became a Hawkeye fan. It wasn't Hawkeye football. It was Hawkeye basketball because I knew back then every Thursday night I could flip on and I could watch the Iowa Hawkeyes in the cold winter months when nothing else was on, and I had three channels in New Haven, Iowa. We didn't have. There was no cable. It was, you're a sports fan. This is your one sport for the week is what you got on Thursday nights and the doubleheaders that they play on the travels with Thursday, Saturday. It, uh, it's what really, I think more than anything, made me a sports fan is this Iowa basketball team. The great moments and the heartbreaking moments that go with it, too. Yeah, I mean, I mean Tom Davis took this team, changed the offensive scheme, and, it, you know, and that was, you know, some of the, you know, the fans didn't like the Tom Davis uh, format. But, you know, all the guy did was win. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, we're going to press you, you know, baseline to baseline, and we're going to get out there. I mean, we ha- that year we had Jerry Wright. We had, of course, Roy Marble, who was only a, a sophomore that year. We had Ed Horton. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kevin Gamble, who uh, ended up uh, going and playing for the Boston Celtics. We had Brad Lowhouse, Les Jepsen. Al Lorenzen, I mean, you know, we were loaded. We were loaded for Bear, and we had B.J. Armstrong leading the way, who uh, ended up uh, having a nice career with the uh, uh, Chicago Bulls. You didn't even mention my favorite player on that team, Jeff Moe. Jeff Moe. Shooting that corner three, and this is the advent of the three-point line. It started to come in. Uh, We also had the expansion the year prior of the NCAA tournament to 64 teams. It's really college basketball was coming of age. It was more like the game that you see today here during this time period of the mid into the late 80s, up and down style in Iowa. You mentioned the pressing, the up and down. So during this season, Iowa starts off, they go up to the Great Alaska Shootout. When the Great Alaska Shootout was a big deal. Unfortunately, that's one of the uh, tournaments that has kind of almost gone the way of the Dodo Bird, but it's a big deal. They beat a very good NC State team there. They win the championship, and they're off and rolling. And they... Beat Drake, beat Iowa State. Still, they hadn't played anybody real good outside of NC State during the non-conference. They're undefeated, but because they're undefeated, they get up to number three in the country before we even get into Big Ten play. Iowa basketball was a big talking point early in the year nationally. It was great to be a Hawkeye the, <laughs> that year. I can tell you that, you know, because I was in dental school and, uh-huh. and uh, you know, you. you all I had to do was walk across the street and to Hawkeye Carver Arena and uh, go down to my seat. And, it, you know, it was never a dull moment. And, it, it, you know, that place was electrifying. And uh, you talk about noise. And uh, it, it, was, it was one of those special years in Hawkeye basketball that, uh, you know, what did we go? We rattled off 18 straight 
you know, before we finally got beat by uh, Ohio, Ohio State. State. And how's the Ohio State always beat undefeated Iowa team? That that's a conversation for another day. But before that, one of my all-time favorite games. So they're in Champaign-Urbana, taking on the Illini. Iowa still uh, at this point undefeated, fifteen and zero. They go in there and they played terrible. They played awful. Illinois. Now this is the beginning of their run. I mean, we were talking about Kendall Gill the youngster on that team, and this was a very good Stephen Bardo was on that squad. This was a good Illinois team themselves who ended up going to the Final Four that year, by the way. But Iowa played terribly. They're down 22, and they come roaring, roaring back. back. And, and I remember it so vividly, being upset, seven years old. Of course, I'm incredibly frustrated. Why? Iowa doesn't play this way. This is not the Iowa basketball team we'd seen all year, and the comeback happens incredible down 22 on the road and they win that game yeah you know we won it by three and uh i probably it was a loss in my book mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. you're thinking oh my gosh i better start studying <laughs> <laughs> but uh we watched it and uh because win lose or draw we're always hawkeye fans and and uh and, and that was probably one of the moment that we knew we had a good team. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, you're down that many points at Champaign, and Champaign is not an easy place to win at any time. No matter what the Illini put out on the court, they're tough, and uh, they get those guys from Chicago and and uh, uh, Peoria, and and uh, th- you know, they're a good team usually. They uh, after that one on the road, Purdue was ranked number six in the country. They beat them, and then my favorite, the end of the long winning streak, win number 18 in a row to begin the year as Indiana comes to Carver, and for the first time ever, Bob Knight, as I was ranked number one in the country, third-ranked Indiana, a Bob Knight coach team gave up 100 points as Iowa wins it 101-88. to Boy, did that feel good. Because even as a seven-year-old, I knew that Bobby Knight was a a hot rod, so I, I even knew it then. That was a good feeling. Yeah, the general doesn't like to lose. No. And he, uh, you know, really, Iowa wasn't, quote, you know, we Tom Davis was more of a defensive team. You know, that's the, what he strived for, defense, defense, defense. And we still scored 100 points against, you know, the Hoosiers. And what a game. I mean, you know, you could tell the general was uh, fit to be tied and, uh, you know, if, if if he could have, he probably would have thrown a chair. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Had to have those things kneeled down after his uh, performance against Purdue. Uh, was that a year prior, I think it yep, was. year prior. When, when that one happened. Well, the season went on. The loss to Ohio State was frustrating. Iowa loses their undefeated run. They also, uh, during the Big Ten slate, also had a, a trip down to Arizona, took on Lute Olson's squad. They were down in that game, came back. Roy Marble, I remember that one. He was really good in the comeback. Finish up the regular season, 14-4 and in the Big Ten. They get the number two seed. They travel out west, and uh, the NCAA tournament is here. This is an Iowa team that had beat all comers. They'd run big, big. What was the expectation? you got to help me out here because of my mind at the time, because I thought they were never going to lose. Was the expectation, though, Final Four bust? I, we felt that it was Final Four. I mean, yeah. but 
you know, you got to look who you face along the way. And if I remember right, that was uh, we got beat by the number one seed in that uh, year. And wasn't that the Phi Jamma Slamma group? No, 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 no. That wasn't it? No, no, No. not Houston, UNLV. Oh, Houston, okay. UNLV. Well, that was with uh, Tark the Shark. Yes. You know, he chewed up a lot of towels. He did, yes. uh, And, you know, Tark was, it was tough. He was a good coach. You know, and, uh, you know, they didn't, didn't they make it to the championship that year? They uh well they lost in the semifinals then it was Syracuse so Indiana but yeah they made the final four because that was the elite eight and elite eight. Yep. Uh, I remember it vividly so the path there they beat Santa Clara in the opening round in the second round they really struggled with UTEP and Don Haskins still the coach at the time down at UTEP that one went down to the wire then the Sweet Sixteen they go out to Seattle for the Sweet Sixteen and they play Oklahoma very good Oklahoma squad in its own right who a year later would play for the national championship. Under uh, and Billy Tubbs, the coach at the time, they loved to fly up and down the floor, as did Iowa. But Kevin Gamble hitting the shot to send them to the Elite Eight. So as you're getting ready for this, and I again more of my memories as a youngster, sitting there, they're a game away from the Final Four. That's the destination. All these things, and Iowa gets up early, early in that game against UNLV and. Looked like this was easy. They're up 18 in the first half. I think they're up 16 at halftime. They're cruising the Final Four. I mean, Doc, you're, I know you're in dental school, but you're booking your tickets for New Orleans, right? I'm punching my ticket, baby. You know, <laughs> big easy. Here we yes, come. You're yeah. right. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know. it, it looked inevitable. <laughs> I feel a cough coming on. Right, right. I, I'm going to be gone gonna for be a gone few for days. going to be gone for a couple days. <laughs> but the second half begins... And for one of the few times all season long, Iowa starts to slow down. They're pulling it out. They're not attacking like they did in the first half, like they did seemingly all season long. They got, I don't think complacent's the right word, but it was they were playing very tentative. And suddenly UNLV starts hitting shots that they hadn't been hitting until that point. It became a ball game. UNLV, I mean, it felt like it was a snap of the finger. And, and I'm not sure how quick it was. But that 16-point lead evaporated very quickly in the second half. Second half, yeah. And, you know, things just weren't going our way. And, you know, but, you know, Jerry Tarkanian, he's he's tough. I mean, you know, he didn't get to uh, where he was in the NCAA and, and uh, with that, you know, UNLV program by, uh, you know, letting you, you know, walk all over him. I mm-hmm. mean, the very few coaches – can you say that, that he got those guys going and, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, they went on and we, we, we went on back to Iowa city and, uh, we, uh, forgot about the big easy pretty quick. Oh boy. Gary Graham went off in that one for UNLV in the second half. And, uh, after went over it and Gerald Padillo, a guy that wasn't a good shooter, he was hitting threes all over the place. So I'll tell you a story, doc. I, uh, after the final buzzer went off and the UNLV guys are celebrating, Tark's got a smile on his face as he tosses the towel to the side. I ran down to the basement in our house where my room was, and I'm bawling because I'm seven. And, and that's what seven-year-olds do. Now, I don't know. You were 22, 23. You might also have been bawling. But we'll, we'll leave that aside. So I go down there. <laughs> might have been downtown. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that makes sense, too. <laughs> Crying in your beer. A, a different way of doing it. So I'm going down there. And I'm crying, and I'm crying in my pillow. My mom comes downstairs and 
rubs my back, and I still remember her saying, it's all right. You know, Roy and Ed and BJ, they're just sophomores. I, Hawks are going to make a Final Four. And Well, here we are over 30 years later, and my mom is still a liar. The Hawkeyes <laughs> have never been close to a Final Four since then. It still stings, Doc, and I know I'm not alone in that one. No, I mean, that's as close as we've been for quite a while. I mean, uh, we had that Final Four run uh, with Ronnie Lester and, and that group. And uh, and we came close again with uh, Vince Brookins in that group uh, when I was a freshman in, uh, uh, at the University of Iowa, mm-hmm. an undergrad. But uh, that was a special year, too, for uh, Hawkeye basketball. And I, uh, you're right. I mean, and we still think about when Ronnie Lester went down that um, if, if he would just been healthy we might have gotten to the finals and possibly possibly won. But, you know, yeah. a hope and a prayer won't get you much. No, no. And this season we're talking about here, this is one. They would have got Indiana. We mentioned they'd scored 100 against. Now the second time in Assembly Hall didn't go very well. But that was a toss-up game. And if they would have played Syracuse for the national title, they would have beat that Syracuse team. Not a doubt in my mind. That close, the final four year of 1980. We a lot of what-ifs as Hawkeye fans, isn't there? Yeah, we leave a lot on the table we sometimes. We do. <laughs> well, this was another edition of the Hawkeye Swarm talking a little basketball today with a look back at 1986-1987 presented by Fuller Family Dentistry with Dr. Stephen Fuller. Doc, we will do it again next week. Thank you. All right. You have a good week. Back one final time as we put a cap on things is Jimmy B and TC welcoming Brinson back in. And, well, uh, we had our Hawkeye Swarm segment with Dr. Stephen Fuller at Fuller Family Dentistry there. You know, uh, a 1986-87, Jimmy B, uh-huh. Iowa, number one for a lot of that basketball season. Iowa got off to an 18-0 start, had the ridiculous comeback against Illinois, a game short of the Final Four as they blew the 18-point lead against UNLV. Were the Hawkeyes, I, I knew you were doing basketball certainly at that time, and, yep. and Iowa was nationally known Dr. Tom's first year. Do you remember much yes. of, it, of that Hawkeye team? They were uh, they were explosive, mm-hmm. and they were doing it to teams. I mean, not just winning close games, Trent. They were putting some hurt on, a, on in a lot of games. And you're right about that game where UNLV came back and just uh, that was just a, a, a real punch in the gut for Hawk fans, obviously. But man, oh man, that team was loaded, and they did appear to be looking like they were an absolute powerhouse and on their way to the Final Four. You know, they would have got Indiana in the Final Four with the win, Indiana who ended up beating UNLV and then Syracuse for the national championship that year. Iowa earlier that season throttled Indiana, beat them in Carver, uh-huh. 101-88. My favorite stat probably about that year, that was the first time that a Bob Knight team had ever given up 100 points was to wow. that Iowa team, and that we would have saw the rubber match. Uh, Indiana later in the season got them back in Assembly Hall, the rubber match to play for a national championship, and yet another in a long line of what-ifs in Iowa sports history. <laughs> It's amazing. All right, so are you going to watch your twins tonight play the lonely Oof. Baltimore Orioles? God, or I, I can think gonna, of are you gonna... <laughs> I can think about a hundred <laughs> yeah. things that sounds better than that right now. <laughs> I'm with you. Orioles twins, yes. yuck! No, oh, no, thank you. Uh, no. I, you know what? I, I'll probably flip on a little bit of the summer league this evening. Take take a yeah. cursory glance at the very least of that baseball wise this weekend. 
I don't know. There there isn't a whole lot that excites me going on. It's not well, a I'm great. I'm going to watch weekend. some of Atlanta, Milwaukee tonight. Yeah, it, and that one Atlanta, started Milwaukee last night, tonight. right? Yep. Yeah, and we talked yeah. a little bit about that, but. Dodgers, Angels, not really. Yeah, I, I like the Cardinals out on the West Coast against San Francisco. So I guess that's okay. That's another one. Watched a, a lot of that one last night until the perfect game went away in the sixth inning after yeah. uh, the great pitching performance that that uh, St. Louis had with Weaver in that. So I did end up watching quite a bit of that. But yeah, overall, not not a big weekend. So I might have to get some things done around the house. So hopefully my wife isn't listening though. <laughs> well, you can always take her to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. What? What's that? That's a movie. Um, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. That sounds awful. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. That's on your agenda yeah, this weekend? Well, not necessarily, but oh, okay. I'm just saying that you could always take her to a movie. Well, if we're going to go... Now playing. If we're going to yeah, go to what? a movie, Ant-Man it's not going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp. I can guarantee you that. That is not on the agenda. More soccer coming up tomorrow after Brazil goes down to Belgium earlier today. Two more quarterfinals tomorrow. I am excited about that, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, overall, it's it's that time, Jimmy B. Closer and closer to football. Big 12 media days right around the corner, followed by Big 10. You can smell it, Jimmy B. The the days are getting a little bit shorter now. We're on the back half. And we're getting closer and closer to football. I, I know you don't want to wish away your summer, Jim, but it's going to be no, here before you know it. <laughs> I'm well aware of that. Uh, I'll probably watch a little Wimbledon tennis Ooh. since Serena since Serena's still playing. John Isner for the United States is still in. So for a guy like me, if they're on the court, I will sample that. If Roger Federer's playing, I will probably watch some of Federer as well, but um, and I don't have much interest in the golf this weekend, the Heritage, uh, even though it's beautiful where they are playing the Greenbrier. So from that standpoint, you ever been to the Greenbrier, Trent? Uh, in West Virginia, yeah. no, I've never been to West yeah. Virginia before. Oh, it's a beautiful state, absolutely gorgeous where the Greenbrier is, and they they're great in the summer with great golf and tennis and everything, and then uh, then you can stay there. And uh, you can go uh, skiing there too, as well. So they, it's a it's a double whammy for summer and winter sports. If you're so inclined, it's it's just a beautiful spot in West Virginia. I know West Virginia gets a bad rap, yes. and a lot of it is is correct, but not where the Greenbrier's located. Beautiful place. Well, we are out of yes. here. I'm going to give you a double whammy. Get out the door. Enjoy your okay. weekend, Jimmy B. You too, brother. And once again, we will be back, everybody, bright and early Monday afternoon at 4 o'clock on the Big Talker 1700.